You are listening to Primary Care Perspectives, a podcast where pediatric experts from Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and other guests discuss primary care issues that are on their minds and the hot topics that all pediatricians see affecting their daily practice. This podcast is for general informational and educational purposes only and is not to be considered as medical advice for any particular patient. Clinicians must rely on their own informed clinical judgment in making recommendations to their patients. Hi, I'm Dr. Katie Lockwood, a primary care pediatrician at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and today I'm talking about acupuncture. Joining me, I have two experts from Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. First, Dr. Winona Chua, who's an attending physician with the Division of General Pediatrics, and Doug McDaniel, who's an acupuncturist in the Cancer Center. Thank you both so much for joining me today. Thank you, Katie, for having us. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Katie. So you both practice within our integrative medicine program at CHOP, and acupuncture is an integrative medicine practice that involves the insertion of needles into the skin to treat a variety of conditions. Can we start off, though, with an explanation of how acupuncture helps treat different physical, mental, and emotional conditions? What's actually happening when you insert needles? So it's not clearly understood how acupuncture works in terms of Western medicine. The most popular theory is that there's some stimulation of deep tissue afferent nerves that lead to the activation of some central nervous system pathways involved in sensory modulation and autonomic regulation. The needles are inserted in like surface depressions located along the cleavage between muscles. And there's some conduction of very low level electricity signal. That's the most popular theory. That's really interesting. So what are some of the pediatric conditions or diagnoses for which you can use acupuncture? So the National Institutes of Health had put out a document in 1997 that stated that acupuncture is useful for post-operative and chemotherapy-induced nausea and vomiting and for post-surgical dental pain. Now, these are admittedly studies done in adults and many acupuncture studies are done in adults and very few are done in children. But since then, the Cochrane database review, systematic review, acupuncture is found to be useful for episodic or chronic headaches and migraines. And also there's some studies that it is useful for low back pain as well. So it sounds like we're learning even more about other uses for acupuncture as we continue to do more research and use this practice with children. Is that right? As we've continued to expand, we're learning that it may have even more uses than we originally realized. Yes, I think we are. Um, The problem, though, with doing research in the pediatric population is it's generally a smaller population. So in order to power a study the way that we would need to, generally we would need to do multi-center trials. And there is some pediatric data on acupuncture being used in gastroesophageal reflux or dyspepsia, but the data is really very little. I think at this point, what we have is more anecdotal data. As more and more pediatric centers incorporate acupuncture into the supportive care plans for their patients, we're really starting to see what conditions that it's helping the patient for 
And so maybe, you know, the patient reported outcomes will be what is going to drive future research. And acupuncture is mostly used for pain in general. There's one paper that said that, you know, 38% of pediatric pain clinics actually use acupuncture. Now, acupuncture has been used in China for more than 2,000 years. Can you tell us when acupuncture started to be used in Western medicine? So acupuncture has been used in the United States and in Europe since maybe the 18th century or so, but it's only in pockets. And then in the 20th century, the use of acupuncture because of the popularity of antibiotics and medications actually kind of petered away. So it's only in around 1971 when Mr. James Reston visited China as he was doing some reporting on the ping pong competition between China and the United States. And he was also the advanced team for President Richard Nixon's visit to China with Mao Zedong in the next year. So in, at that time, he developed an acute appendicitis and he was operated on, he had emergency appendectomy in Beijing. And that all went well. However, postoperatively the next day, he had abdomen pain around the surgical site. So with his permission, they used acupuncture on him to relieve the abdomen pain. So Mr. James Reston happened to be the vice president of the New York Times, and his article on acupuncture landed in the front page of the New York Times. And in that article, he described how they use three needles to relieve his abdomen pain. Fascinating piece of medical history. Who would have thought that ping pong would help bring acupuncture to the United States? So who can perform acupuncture? What type of training do you need to do this practice? So there are two um, routes to acupuncture licensure in Pennsylvania. One is for physician acupuncturists which is you take a medical acupuncture course that is 300 hours in length. And then for licensed acupuncturists like I am, the entry level is a master's level program. So you have a bachelor's degree in, in something. And then there are certain Western medical courses that you need, science courses to enter the program. Once you're in the program, you take a combination of a Western anatomy, physiology, pathophysiology, biochemistry, alongside courses in traditional Chinese medicine, theory, practice, diagnosis, point location. And then at the end of the three years, you graduate with a master's degree, sit for a national board exam, and then apply for licensure in your state. It's really comprehensive. And Dr. Chua, I was lucky enough to work with you during my pediatrics training, and I know that you're a pediatric hospitalist. So can you tell us about what it was like for you to begin your journey in acupuncture training? So I had always wanted to learn about acupuncture because I thought that it is fascinating and potentially could be helpful. And I was speaking actually with one of the anesthesiologists at CHOP who had done acupuncture and he encouraged me to do it. So after a couple of years, when I thought the timing was right for me, I did it. I mean, I couldn't, I don't think, I think the timing was right as well for me because people began to be more interested in integrative medicine. Because I think maybe 10 years ago, even if I had learned acupuncture then, I wouldn't have been able to do it at Children's Hospital Philadelphia. Right. So that leads me to my next question, which is how are we using acupuncture at CHOP? 
At CHOP, we have an outpatient program that hopefully will be now twice a week. And then Doug is doing acupuncture inpatient for the oncology patients, gastroenterology patients, and anywhere in the hospital, basically. Right, Doug? Right. So basically what we're using it inpatient for is symptom management and general supportive care. And as Winona was saying, we start, actually started in oncology last year in June. And in just a few months, there was so much interest that we opened it up hospital-wide. So now I treat a wide variety of patients. Are patients identified for your program based on their pain in particular, or are there other symptoms that you're targeting? So most of the consults come in for nausea, vomiting, pain, anxiety, a combination of those. You know, other is sometimes a category. Sometimes it's a request of the patient or the parent that drives the consult as well as more patients and parents are becoming aware of acupuncture and what it can do for them. But those are the big three, the pain, nausea, vomiting, and anxiety. And for the outpatients, I usually get referrals from neurology for their headaches and migraines, for oncology, for their pain associated with their chemotherapy or with their tumors, and for the GI group, chronic abdomen pain and appetite issues. Now, most children who I meet don't like needles. So how do you explain acupuncture to them? I think it's really important to upfront is let the child know that this is an optional treatment for them. So it's something that they can have, that it's not something that's required. So it puts a little bit of control in their hands. And then basically just talking a little bit about the procedure itself you know, that it's safe, that it's comfortable, showing them the needle if they would like to see it. And then also I will demonstrate on myself if they would like to see what an acupuncture insertion looks like. And then I talk to them about the sensation that I'm feeling, both on insertion and once the needle has been in place. And then again, reiterating to them that, you know, if they're still a little bit reluctant to try it, that we can try one needle they will tell me at the end of the process whether they like it or not. If they don't, we stop. If they like it, then we can proceed. And the other thing is, is that around the needle, there is actually a plastic insertion tube, which rests on the skin prior to the needle being inserted. So I talk them through that process of the tubes resting on their skin. I then have them take an inhalation. On the exhalation, just gently tap the needle in. And I would say I have... I think had 100% of, you know, the patients that have wanted to try acupuncture, that it's acceptable to them after they've experienced it. That's great. I really like your point about control. Yeah. And Katie, I also want to point out that, you know, at CHOP, we proceed with acupuncture only with the child's assent. So if the child refuses, we don't proceed. And they, they know that at any time, while the needles are in, they can ask for it to, to be removed at any time. Like if it's one minute into the procedure, they can still say no. So we give them plenty of control. And I think that has helped us be very successful with them. So what can patients expect to feel after an acupuncture treatment? Can I just first say that while the needles are in, it's actually not painful. There's a sense of probably a, a sense of heaviness or fullness, like a dull sensation while the needles are in place. And afterwards, after the removal of the needle, they frequently feel very relaxed or sleepy even. 
And in fact, I warn adolescents not to drive for the first 20 or 30 minutes after the session. Relaxation is probably the number one side effect of an acupuncture treatment. You know, hopefully what we also expect is that there has been some decrease or change in the symptom that the patient is experiencing. But sometimes it takes multiple treatments for there to be a change that is noticeable to the patient. Or the other thing is, is that once the needles are out, the treatment doesn't end because we've activated the body to do certain things. So that process continues on. And as that continues on, you may not feel the full effects of the treatment until later that day, even the next day, or up to 48 hours later. That's a great point because we don't want patients to think that the pain that they had or the nausea that they had before the treatment will be immediately improved. So emphasizing that the effects continue for the next 24 to 48 hours is a really great point for education. Right. And sometimes what I've noticed also is the the patient, you know, symptoms don't always occur by themselves, right? So oftentimes if you have pain or nausea, you also have anxiety. And what will sometimes happen is the, you know, the pain or the nausea may not have, or the headache may not have an immediate change, but the patient's relationship to their pain may change. So they may be less anxious about it. They may be calmer, you know, may even fall asleep during the treatment when they wake up, even if the number indicator hasn't changed for their level of pain, they just seem to be in a better place. Yeah, I find that too. They're more functional in general. Well, let's address some of the logistics that you alluded to. How often are treatments needed and does insurance cover this? So for the outpatient program, when the patient calls in, we check with their insurance to see if their insurance covers acupuncture. If not, we will offer a self-pay for acupuncture, but many insurance will pay for the approved indications like headache and pain and nausea and vomiting. So we will check. And if for inpatient, we offer it free. So basically, the way I like to work is with my inpatients, I try to get to them twice a week to deliver acupuncture treatment to them. I find that in the hospital setting that that works well. Treatments are generally about 20 to 30 minutes. And then in an outpatient setting, I would typically treat a patient once a week for four to six weeks, reassess the symptom at that time. If the symptom is very well controlled, going to every other week for a couple of treatments. And then if that all is still going well, and then get them on an every four to six week maintenance schedule. And as you both mentioned, we're still learning a lot about acupuncture in pediatrics. So what research are you doing? Um, We actually just put in a grant application for funding for a research study for acupuncture, looking at acupuncture and pain in our adolescents and young adults, cancer population. So tell us how we can refer patients to your program. I think the easiest way to reach our program is to call our Integrative Health Office, 215-590-5043 and ask for an appointment for acupuncture, then we will do the background on checking whether insurance will cover it or not. And we'll get back to you around that issue. For inpatient, for children in the hospital, they should just put in an integrative health consult for acupuncture. Well, thank you so much. I've learned a lot about acupuncture and the services that you're offering our patients at CHOP. I'm excited to hear from my patients what they think of this and to learn more from you in the future. So thank you both very much. 
Thank you, Katie. Thank you. This is fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of Primary Care Perspectives. You can download and subscribe to future episodes on iTunes or visit chop.edu slash PCP podcast for a listing of all episodes. I look forward to our next chat.